welcome to Popcorn for One, your fortnightly film podcast where we review some classic and not so classic films for you all to enjoy. We also discuss everything that goes on in between, some stand and fandom life, and we just generally chat about movies because you know what? That's what makes us happy. Cinema Club 2023 is here and we are here for it. is Wednesday 19th of July 2023 welcome to popcorn for one your fortnightly film podcast besties how have you been (sighs) yeah it's been a bit like that but that's how life is isn't it but I hope you're all well and I hope you're here for another hour or so of amazing film chat from me we have quite a bit to catch up on this fortnight, so let's give you a run through about what's going to go on. We are going to have the rundown first, then we are going to have the first of this fortnight's big review for Secret Cinema. Then we are going to talk about um, stuff that's been going on in Hollywood, which is a bit of a pain and I do go on about it this is going to be a long episode I'm so sorry then we are going to talk about what you've all been watching at home and at the cinema and then we are going to do this fortnight's big review <sighs> that is a lot to get through and um, there was some stuff that I promised that I would try and do this episode which I think will now actually go into next one's episode um which will just be chaos anyhow because of what it's going to be about but yeah that is the plan and we will get on with it and yeah let's have a fantastic episode people even this intro has been long that's saying something it's time for everyone's favorite part of the episode it's time for a rundown of what i've been watching in the last fortnight let's have a count one two three four five six 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Hmm, considering, and we'll get to something in a minute as to why that is like, considering I'm impressed, I've done well. There's some obvious reasons as to why certain things have been watched, but we'll get to that when we get to it. So I started off by having a look at what I was going to watch, and I try and watch it about once a year I think I watched Gladiator um because it is the film that has I blame has been partly responsible for making me a film buff we've already discussed this on here obviously now Gladiator has other reasons to watch it knowing what is currently being filmed ish um (laughs) the second one um so it was nice to watch that and look at that and then go yeah that's still epic. And that speech of father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife is so iconic. Ah, oh, there's so many iconic bits in that film. Do filmmakers, when they make a film, know that that one bit is going to be iconic? I know it's easy with quotes to do that, but, you know, if there are points in films where in years to come, there was a point which I haven't actually talked about when I've done a big review for it, there was a point in a film that I have watched in the last fortnight where I was sat there and went, that will be an iconic moment in years to come. People look at that scene and go, yep. So when we get to that film, because it is part of my big reviews, um, I'll tell you about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
do you as filmmakers know that you're going to make the iconic moment in that one moment? Answers on a pigeon or postcard. Anything's appreciated. Then you sit there and you go, well, let's put something else on. Um, and obviously um, Day of Reckoning was coming out. So I put on Mission Impossible Fallout. And I sat here and I watched the entire thing. And even... This was quite funny. Um, it was in uh, Film 4 were also showing all the Mission Impossible films. Um, I didn't watch any of them on Film 4 while I was doing all of this. But I did watch Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, and they were showing it. And they had, Channel 4 have a show called Gogglebox. If you are not in the UK, you don't know what that is. It is a show where you watch people watch TV. And they come from all across the country. And they all have different lives and different jobs and from different ethnicities and of different genders and different sexual orientations he she's they's and them's and i's and everything in between and they do a normal version with normal members of public and then during the summer when they're all like given time off they do a celebrity version and the celebrity version they all sat down and watched uh, mission impossible fallout and I was meant to be getting on with actually writing up some film reviews while that was on. And I sat here watching them watch Mission Impossible, busy going, like, oh, my God, they think the same things as me. There's some of them that had seen it before, and there's some that hadn't, and they were all getting stressed as well at the end. I was like, ah! And it's... The TV show is an hour long with adverts, and each section is about 10 minutes long. But sometimes they do something... They do two things per section. And they did all of Mission Impossible, and it was... a full 15 minute section they didn't cut or do anything else it was uh, literally them talking about the vinyl part of act three and mission impossible going oh my god getting stressed about that so i'm glad that they were sitting there getting stressed along with me (laughs) it's very good um then i saw carl's date um that is um the pixar short shown before elemental which we'll talk about in a second and I know I probably shouldn't spoil it because it's only six minutes long and it's a short and not everyone's going to see it and not everyone's seen Elemental. However, Kyle does not need to be on a date. As much as it's funny what him and Doug do, it's busy going, no, 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 no. And as much as he goes, I'm sorry, Ellie, at the end, which had me sitting there going, oh, God, um, we didn't need that. <laughs> I'm sorry, we didn't. And... Don't go ruin our memories of Ellie because she's important. She means more to me than you'll ever know. Oh, I know I need to watch up again soon. I know I do. We'll get there. We'll get there eventually. I promise. Um, then, obviously, after that was Elemental, um, a new Disney Pixar film, which was mid to average for the majority of it until a certain point at the end of Act 2 where something happened. And I went, oh! And then Act 3 was like, oh, and then that broke my heart. And then at the end, it called back to something and it made me sob uncontrollably for the last five minutes. So, oh, this is not good. Pixar, how dare you? But up until that point, it was just a mid-average animation film. But no, Pixar turned on the waterworks for the grand finale and had you absolutely going, oh, no, 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 no. <sighs> it was good. We're, we are not talking levels of up or Toy Story, don't worry. Um, but you could do a lot worse with your animation choices, um, but you could also do much, much better. 
been watching Elemental. Um, but it did have good life lessons for kids about not having to judge a book by its cover and that everyone is who they are and that we should all get on in a good society. And the elements were cool, but once you'd seen it a few times, it was like, okay, we've seen this now already. All right, do we need to see that again? Yeah, we get that this is this and that is that. But yeah, it was still... It was still nice. Yeah, it was a nice Pixar film which broke your heart at the end. Which... All Pixar films should break your heart at least once. Then it was time for Secret Cinema. Secret Cinema, I'm talking to you about in length in a bit. Mm. Then um, I watched uh, the movie Wimbledon. Um, because obviously all the tennis is on from Wimbledon. So um, this is why I'm amazed I've watched so many films. Because I have been watching Wimbledon. And that first week, every evening when I had dinner, there was tennis going on. So that's probably why I watched short films or watch things at weird times um but no i watched wimbledon the movie and yeah laughed because guess what it's uh nikolai from game of thrones it's james mcavoy and it's john favreau and what they get about they get so many bits of wimbledon wrong but i love the fact that it's filmed here and it's in ditchling and it's in brighton it's like yeah no i drive down that street because there's a diversion at the moment for my cinema and i can't get out of it properly and to get back onto my normal route, I have to cut down a road. And it's the road that he lives on. It's like, yes, I know that. So that was... I always enjoy Wilden. I know it's not actually a good film, but it's 2004 rom-com sport British filmed around here. It works. <laughs> it fit, It hits the spot, definitely. And you, when you finish it, you go, yeah, that was good. I enjoyed watching Wimbledon. Definitely. <sighs> We're going to go on to the complete opposite now. Um, and I watched Sunshine, um, the Danny Boyle film. And I compl- I always remember that it's uh, Killian Murphy and Chris Evans and oh, it was, uh, Mark Strong. But I completely forgot that it was um, Juan from uh, Doctor Strange and uh, Michelle Yeoh and who was the other person... Oh, that guy. The guy that's in everything. Oh, I can't remember what his name is. I'm not going to click on it, but it's that guy. I always forget that they're in it. And I think, ah! Oh. And I love how it's so dark and the nightmares of what you dream of and what goes on and people's things and one thing or another. And it's just... Oh. It's clever. It's dark and disturbing. But Danny Boyle does it in a way which does prove that humanity probably is worth saving at the end of the day. Um... If you've never seen Sunshine, it's about a group of people that have been sent to drop a bomb into the sun because the sun's about to die. Um, however, a mission before it also went to go and do that and it didn't come back and it didn't do anything. So they've gone to go and see it. And then chaos ensues from that point. And it is. It's very good. Danny Boyle does a spectacular job on it. And yeah, if you don't like Sunshine, I feel for you. I really do. Then I watched, I'd never seen this before. I'm trying to get through some of my 90s things on my watch list at the moment. I watched Patch Adams, uh, Robin Williams, trying to be a doctor. That's all I knew about it. And I sat there and I was a bit freaked out at the start when he was in a mental hospital. And then I realised, oh, actually, it's this. And he's actually got a point. And it's really sweet. And it broke 
makes your heart, especially um, at two points um, when that butterfly turns up and when he's standing in the court. Robert Williams is not allowed to stand in the court and plead his heart out anymore. I know he can't and that now breaks my heart and I wish I hadn't said that. But um, he's not allowed to stand in a court and be like, oh, please don't do this, please don't do that. I'm just doing what I think is right by me and it's making all these people happy. And you sit there and go like, yeah, and it's the world that's corrupt. That means that you can't do nice things, which is horrible. Because we should be allowed to have and do nice things. We really should. And that hurts. It hurts a lot. But it's the way he talks to certain people where he looks after others and there's one thing that was thrown away quite early on in the film which at the end is rectified you just think yes I had a lovely time watching Patch Adams I really did and I feel a better person because I have watched it I will get through all of them Robin I promise I really do we are not going to talk about Mission Impossible Day of Reckoning part one because it is my big review of the fortnight um and that will be coming up in a minute. Then, I didn't intend to watch this film. It's been on my watch list for a little while. But I was here and I was going to... go. I finished doing my washing up and I had the news on because the news was the news, which was quite weird. Um, this week, um, if you've not been over that, um, I would suggest having a look at what's been going on with BBC News. Um, I'm sure you all are. So it's, it's old news now. Um, but... So I watched that, I didn't watch it up, I came back in and I was about to turn the telly off and the film Brooklyn was starting. I was like, I'll never watch this, we'll just see how it goes for the first five minutes. And then I was sitting here at court at ten to ten past midnight, busy going like, Go back to America, please go back to Brooklyn. Oh, Sasha was amazing. Um did not expect Jim Broadbent to be in it. Um there were some proper uppity people in it who were just Bitter and twisted because it was at the end of the war. Who wanted things to be a certain way and just couldn't accept that people wanted to change their lives and do one things. And how she planned on blackmailing her, I have no idea. But it worked. It was sweet. It was a nice little organic romance story in both places. It also taught you to not be ashamed of where you came from, but to always remember your roots. That was good. And it just, it just worked. <laughs> It really did. It just worked and it felt happy. And I sat there watching it busy. I'm like, yeah, I picked the right choice and staying up and watching this. And oh, I really want to go to the beach. I say that. I have a beach. Like a three-minute walk away. I want to go to a proper beach, a beach with sand. Because we don't have that. And the place we do have it is not the best area of this part of the world. Um, so it's a bit bad if you go around and go like, oh, I'm going to go there. It's just like, oh, you don't want to go there. So, but no, I really enjoyed Brooklyn and I love the little relationships that happened. And it was also interesting that whenever anyone was moody, someone would ask, is it your time of the month? Can't we just be moody at any point? <laughs> you know, but I get it. It was 1950s America and UK. So, well, Ireland. So, sorry. Sorry to the Irish people. Um, so, no, I really enjoyed Brooklyn. It was better than I thought it was going to be and it was sweet and it just... Didn't add the drama. Didn't add unnecessary drama. No, it didn't. Then Friday, or Friday night is usually when all the good telly is on, which it is. Um, and I was just going through the channels and I was seeing what was on, and Eye in the Sky was on. I've watched Eye in the Sky a couple of times. Um, it's a real time um, war cabinet room film. Um, 
based in f four different locations, based in a military base, based at government, based in America because they've got the drones, and based in the actual place. And then we do add one more place halfway through the film, and they're busy deciding whether their um, capture mission needs to be turned into a strike-and-kill mission because um, they're not actually all of this country, but it's like three of the highest terrorists in the world's watch list, and the Americans say yes, and the British say yes, but the American drone pilot doesn't necessarily say yes, and the UK government doesn't do that, and it's all about perspectives, and are they in a legal entanglement for doing one thing, and is this going to happen here, and will that cause a problem with this one if they do that? Yeah, it's... It really makes you think, what would you do in that position, and what you think you should do um and it's a huge talking point that film i think it's also um rickman's last actual physical acting performance before he died i think he filmed it and i think he died about two months later after filming it because they filmed it all like a play in different rooms, busy talking to each other. So it was the real-time response of it. They did get that. No, we're not going to be hanging about and doing this. And no, we're not going to be doing that. When this person gets here, it's because they've got here because they're doing this. That's not delayed. We have to have a real-time response to this. And that's it is a short film, but it is very intense. And it is very good. Then you just flick in the channels at the end of the night and you just go, well, what can I watch? What's on? Da, 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 da. And I watched about half an hour of Departed right at the end at a point where um, everyone gets shot. Um, and then I found on the advert, which has all the adverts in the world, Kingsman Golden Circle. Um, at the point where whiskey is about to get turned down at Glastonbury. And I was like, no! Which is actually quite interesting because I'm literally... Just started writing about whiskey getting turned down at Glastonbury. Yeah, I know. <laughs> My bad. Um, but, yeah, so he was at that point. So I watched Kingsman all from the point of Glastonbury all the way to the end. I've got to love a bit of that one. Wednesday! 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 Isn't that normally Saturday? What day of the week it is? It's Wednesday. Exactly. Wednesday! 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 Oh, country roads take me home to the place I belong. I think that's my singing for a week done, this episode. So, yeah, I watched um, Kingsman Golden Circle. I always, as much as now that this is linked with everything else Pedro related, I always forget that Kingsman films are so much fun and are really good until you start watching them. When you start watching them, you go like, Ah, oh, this is amazing. Why have I not put this on in a while? And yeah, you fall back in love with them, which is always a good thing. Because if a film does that, that means that they've hit the correct tone. I never it does make Act 3 go on quite a while um, with the multiple bits of the fight scenes. Um, but it works because it just then keeps on building up the drama. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, 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 oh. But yeah, no, it's it's good. It's very good. Then I did Black to Black Back... Black to black, 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 back to back, Black Mirror. Um, I did Be White Back and White Bear. Um, 
I have I've had watched up to season three of Black Mirror years ago, and then it all moved to Netflix, and I never got round to doing the rest of it. And obviously now season six has come out. And my sister's obsessed with Black Mirror; she absolutely adores it. Um, so I'm rewatching them when I get the time to. So I watched Be Right Back and White Bear. Both were good. Both um, had really interesting points. Um, I've got that double Haley Atwell in a week. <laughs> but no, I enjoyed both of them. Um, they are season two ones and it was oh, so clever. Charlie Brooke has got such an amazing mind, he really has. And then finally, my last film of the fortnight was American Beauty. Um, my sister, if you've been here for long enough, um, gave me um, a list, uh, gave me one year for my birthday, um, some of her favourite films of all time that she knew I hadn't watched and went, you need to watch these films. I'm, okay. So I've been slowly going through them and I had time on Sunday to watch American Beauty and I knew how, I knew, I've, I thought I knew how, how it ended. Um, and then I watched it and I was like, oh, ooh, and it was so interesting. There were so many different reasons for it to end like that. I'm not going to tell you how it ends in case you've not seen it because I don't think you need to know how it ends. Um, I think you need to watch it and then work out how it's going to end like that because they do tell you quite early on how it is going to end, but then you've got to work out who it is that decides it is going to end that way. Um, I know Kevin Spacey is now very problematic, especially at the moment because he's currently in court, um, but Kevin Spacey has an almighty performance in this film. There's some bits of it now which are really creepy because of everything that's happened. It just makes okay, ah, uh, don't want to watch that, don't want, yeah, but Annette Benning is amazing, those kids are good, Where's Bentley's one of the other kids, and he's really good, um, the neighbours, uh, when it got to the end, I realised that it was at the end, I was like, what do you mean we're at the end, because it just flew by, and it was a real enjoyment to watch, and the imagery was very sensual and provocative, but was also um, classy at points because it didn't want to... Uh, it wanted to sexualise things, but it didn't want to over-sexualise things um, because that was the point. Um, when it did, it did it really well and it did it cautiously and cleverly. Um, but I love the fact he chopped his job in. That was bloody fantastic. I loved a lot of that. I really enjoyed American Beauty. I think a second watch will be happening really soon of that. Um, it just it just worked. It really did. And, yeah, I really enjoyed American Beauty. That's it. That's what I've watched in the last fortnight. Hopefully there's some stuff there that you will want to have a look at and watch yourself. Um, if not, my bad. Um, but I've enjoyed watching quite a lot of this week there's not been much which has been done um at all so i've had a good time watching films and tv definitely oh and uh secret invasion i haven't decided yet whether you're gonna get a huge uh like you have done um when it's been mando and the last of us yet but secret invasion episode four i screamed no 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 you can't how dare you so many times We'll get to that. I think we will have to do a chat about Secret Invasion, definitely. So, yeah, that's what I've watched in the last fortnight. Hopefully there's something there for you to get your teeth into and enjoy. Yeah, enjoy all that, peoples.
it is time for this fortnight's first big review. If you have been here from the beginning, hi, how are you? <laughs> if you're not, um, then this needs some explaining. Um, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, when I was an OG member, um, they did unlimited screenings where they gave you clues as to what film you were going to watch. You can go with your unlimited ticket and you can watch whatever film it was for a quid. Um, which I did. Um, I was always quite good at working out what films were. A couple that I got wrong, but it was cool. And then, obviously, I left my job and I ended up with a different job and going to Cineworld because I had free parking. Um, and they also do secret cinema, not always at the same time. Um, and they don't give you any clues. And you don't have to pay extra for it being a member, which is quite nice, but everyone can be entitled to go to it. And the last couple of these secret cinemas I have missed um, because it's been people's birthday. So I've missed Dungeons and Dragons and Elemental, which, you know, big films. So when I saw that there was one on a Saturday night, I thought, this is it, I've got to go. It's my opportunity to go to secret cinema. It's going to be fun. Um, Odium were doing the same thing on the same night. So they were giving out clues and Cineworld weren't. So... I had managed to work out, but it was possibly one of two films. It could have possibly been a third, um, but that was that. Um, so you go there, and it was all but sold out. Um, I found out Adam's got a girlfriend. I'm gutted. I'll get over it. It'll be fine. Um, but at least he's still there. He's still there to look pretty. Um so when um the couple that sat next to me were much older and weren't were a couple and I was like darn it I can't even flirt with the person next to me and I tried to say hi to them and they just ignored me that's nice because you know everyone else was busy having conversations with who they were sitting next to you busy going like, what do you think it's going to be so when I sat in her I sat down and went hi how are you a nice evening what do you think the film's going to be went, we don't know but more than that <laughs> come on um so, yeah, sat there, um, watched the adverts, and one of the films that was a possible option for what the film might be was um, a trailer. So I was straight away like, oh, okay, ah, I know, I've got a feeling what this is going to be. And I'm sure that Cineworld put up their um, card with the film name on it much slower when it's a secret cinema to make you think, ooh, what's it going to be? And I'm sure I've mentioned this to you before, um, but it did... And it was Joyride. And about five people left at the start. And about another two left at one point during the film where something went, oh. Which, you know, it's fair enough. <laughs> um, so it was fun. Um, the Joyride, for those of you that don't know, um, it came out in America this weekend, the weekend of the 7th. Um, and I saw it on the 8th. We don't get it until, I think, the 7th of August or 5th of August, something like that. Um, so we get it well in advance. We're going to have another secret cinema before then. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so for people that haven't seen the trailer, it's four girls um, of Chinese or Asian descent um, who um, go to China and one of them's like going to find their birth mum. That's what the trailer tells you, but then mishap happens along the way. And then obviously friends fall out and then they get back together and you realise that your friends are more important than who you actually are and you need to go on your own journey in life and all those usual cliches that happen in this film. 
And it's funny, and there's some jokes which had everyone absolutely roaring their heads off. That was really good, and like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's cool, and yeah, that's this, and... And it felt good to hear people laugh. There was a point, at one point, where it was suddenly like, oh, we've suddenly got really serious, we've been really funny throughout. And it was like, okay. Um, There's a point where um, some of the characters are having uh, relationships with other men and there's all sorts of stuff going on. It's just like, oh, my God. And stuff gets weird at points, but it is a nice little journey. The jokes are fun along the way. It's acted all right. Some of the um, less supporting roles, you sit around and just think, yeah, you were brought in because you look good or you've, this profile and whatever but it does have this thing about um your online friends not being your real friends because one of them's only got um online friends and has gone to go and meet bts people there and they think that they're not going to turn up and then they do and they're like oh you are actually my friend yeah yay and then stuff goes down which gets really weird and then something the thing that made people walk out happened <laughs> uh but it was fun. Um, the pop music about it painted um, soundtrack. It was nice. Um, and it could have been a lot worse. I could have seen a lot worse on my Saturday night um, at the cinema. Um, it's There's definitely better films in this genre, but there's a hell of a lot worse of the friends go on a road trip, fall out, get back together, discover bedroom meaning kind of films in this one. Absolutely. Um, but no, it was nice that um, it was a fun secret cinema. Um, everyone seemed to enjoy it. Everyone left chatting and in a happy mood. Um, it's also not that long. It's only like 95 minutes long. So it's not like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, this has taken forever. Or that's done this. Or that's done that. So no, it was good. I had a decent time. Um, as someone who goes to films a lot of and watches these films, um, obviously it did get a cliche at points, but... There were points where it was funny and it did go off in different directions, which was nice. Um, and yeah, no, I just generally had fun watching it and had a nice time. Yeah. It was bang average, basically. It was bang average, but I left the cinema going like, yeah, you know what? If people go like, ah, oh, should I see Joyride? If I look at them and I know it's the kind of film they like, I'll go, yeah, you'll like that. You'll have a laugh. So, Yeah. That was Joyride, that was Secret Cinema. I hope that has inspired you when we get to August, if that kind of um, friendship road trip film is your kind of thing to go and watch it. Um, Yeah, that is Secret Cinema Joyride review. Woohoo! We've got to talk about a couple of things. Hollywood's... And all of it's a bit bad, so I apologise, but I would not be good at my job if I did not bring up these things. Um, we, or I online have been talking quite a lot about the writer's strike recently, and um, especially as someone, I don't write films, I don't write screenplays, but I write, that is my, other than this and watching films and live events, this writing is the thing I do. I've had a few people recently, you've sat there and gone, you know what? You make us want to read what you write because your opening paragraph makes the reader, be it a review or be it a tweet which goes into a thread or now a thread, um, or one of your short stories, your first paragraph makes us want to read the rest of it and then we see how long it is. Most of the things I give a word count or a time to. 
Um, my website does that for my blog. If you've read it, if you haven't, you know where to go, popcornforone.co.uk. Um, but they say that my opening paragraph gets people hooked, which is basically my act one. <laughs> um, and then the first part of the film, and then what we go through, and then the rest of the story afterwards. But I've had, a, I've had family, friends, and strangers all recently tell me that. And if you are not a good writer and you can't get your story across, you have no story to tell. If you have no story to tell, you have no actors to tell it. And if you have no actors to tell it, you have no product. And if you have no product, there is no film or TV show. Well done for the writers for striking. They need the money. Trust me, as someone trying to, like, stop everything and just write all the time and earn a living that way. Um... They need all the support they can get. They really do. And you don't have a product. If someone doesn't write down an idea, you don't have a product. So the Rave Studios have dealt with that and been saying that by the time they get to October, writers won't have any money. They'll be losing their houses. They'll come back and we'll get a worse deal. Horrendous. No. No. None of this is making any of the studios look good. And... The fact that the writers and the actors are striking at the same time, it's the first time since the 60s that this was the case, which I found out this week um, Ronald Reagan was president for, but not president of America, president of the Screen Actors Guild. (laughs) Huh? Yeah, I know. Um, But it's a huge thing because... what, Especially with all the press we've recently had, because we've had three... Including Indiana Jones a few weeks before. We've had, in theory, four, but three major films come out or coming out. We had the huge Mission Impossible press tour, which Tom Cruise did all around the world. And we've had Barbie and Oppenheimer at the same time because obviously they are next Friday. Barbenheimer is next Friday. And there was a point during the week where you could go to Trafalgar Square and stand there and watch Killian Murphy turn up and then walk for, like, about four minutes down the road and go to Leicester Square and see Margot Robbie in her pink for Barbie. I know. Crazy. However, that has all been forward. So everyone's got all this hype, like, weeks before these films come out. Um, And then during the Oppenheimer film premiere in London, which was their last stop of their tour, um, Florence Killian... Emily, Matt, Robert, all got up, all left. Because they, it was time to go on strike. Which I say, good for them. Because they should be striking. Um, and that's the point. They, it's not that they are striking, because they are the actors that are being loved over by all the studios they're the ones that are getting this and are getting that however it's the smaller actors the person who will sit there and is one of the people in um let's pick let's go through let's have a look at a film that's happened this year that you would have done okay so it's for people that let's talk about john wick so john wick obviously has a huge ensemble cast, which are probably reused and reused again, which will stump people. And are people running away from things or are people watching something? And 
Okay, they put up signs going like, there are things shooting in this area. If you walk through this area, you are allowing it to be filmed and things like that. But there are people that have a line, you know, there's someone that's a butler that opens the door that goes, good evening, sir, who hasn't got a name or something like that. Or those girls in the radio station on the Eiffel Tower who are busy going, right, we've got to put this through, is everything ready? Right, let's put bounty out on John Wick. They are a small part of acting, but a film does not work without that small person busy hitting a button because he's kind of like, four billion dollars on john wick's head you know they are not earning the same amount of money as margot robbie matt damon jennifer lawrence killian murphy harrison ford pedro pascal emily blunt kate winslet they are not earning millions upon millions they are probably for the fact they have two lines and turned up and put on a costume for three days and sat in that room while people said right type this in and i'll say this line they have probably earned something like 40 dollars i don't i actually have no idea what they're paid um but i've seen a few of the um, small people that are just like background actors who do running about um get their things get their um, screen actors guild payment through through this thing and it's minimal and all the bigger actors are striking on behalf of them and they also all the small people are striking too because they are not getting their fair share and the way that um films are now streamed and it's not a constant revenue this is why actually i am quite a big fan of what disney plus do what bob Iger has said this week is horrendous i am not gonna say anything else what he has said this week has made my skin crawl and made me think about actually cancelling disney plus despite the fact that disney plus actually have a good model for their streaming service because they pick what day of the week their shows are going to come out so they will pick Marvel is Wednesday, Star Wars is Friday, normally. That's how it kind of goes, apart from when Dead Mando and Andor. Um, but they pick the day of the week and they release their episodes episodically. You sometimes get two to start with, but you get it every week like you would do an old-fashioned TV show. Although you still do it with some things, you know, because I'm... Wednesdays I get home and I watch Secret Invasion I have dinner and then I watch The Sewing Bee and then I catch up on something else Wednesday is my TV night because Secret Invasion is what comes out overnight and Sewing Bee is on at nine so it's like okay I can do both it's my TV night but they do that but it's on a streaming service so it's not necessarily getting the viewing figures and getting a payout that it's getting until it's about a month down the road you know suddenly you sit there and go like ah has this person watched this? Has this gone on? What's going on there? And it's for little people, you know. Someone um, who was busy playing with a technical machine about two weeks ago um, in Secret Invasion and had about three lines about something which actually ended up being important. That person is not earning what Samuel L. Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn have earned for Secret Invasion or Olivia Common. Oh, no, 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 no. No way. Um, but they deserve their share of what their role brings and what it does for them. And they're the people that they're striking for because they're not getting a fair pay. <sighs> I mean, you have people sit there. This is the other thing that's done my head in um, this week. Um, and I've had quite a few conversations with people online and in group chats and in person. Um, can we please stop thinking that every single film fails? 
If a film does not take money at a box office, it fails. Mainly this is because Indiana Jones um, got slammed. Got completely slammed last week. Um, that it's not made any money and that it's um, fallen apart and that it was not a good film. I think Indiana Jones, along with its marketing budget, was something like... 500 million to make something like that um no i think it was more but i think overall in the box office it's broken even however we then need to add a few more costs to it and then putting it on streaming services or putting it on dvds or i don't i i try and know about this but it isn't but it's something like indiana jones by the time it is released not in cinema, on DVD and Blu-ray for people to watch, will have lost something like £300 million. And everyone's sitting there going like, oh, it's flopped, oh, it's done this, oh, it's done that. Indiana Jones, I hate to say it, is a bit of a victim of its circumstances. Indiana Jones is a victim of its circumstances in the fact that the fourth one, about 10 years ago, wasn't that great. I mean, I've watched all of Indy. I've done it all recently again. It's not the best Indiana Jones film. No way. You also have the fact that we are full of a summer where there are lots of things coming out. I mean, think about it. This summer, I've ticked off my list. Mermaid, Guardians, Spider-Verse, Indy, um, Fast X, Elementals. And we've got Oppenheimer and Barbie. And I've, as you were just about to hear, I've done Mission Impossible. That is a lot of blockbuster for your summer. And we're not even in August when they tend to leave a big one for the end of August. But everyone's just avoiding that because they all know Barbenheimer's taken over. Um, but it's one of those where it sits there and you go, oh, so it lost money. People don't have money. We, trust me, I know. People do not have money. People are going to sit there if they don't have, they've not spent their money on their far streaming services and got them all, or they've not bought their cinema card, and they are going to pick one, maybe two films a month to go and see at the cinema. Because let's be honest, the cinema ticket is about 10 quid. I've no idea what it is in America or whichever country you're in, I'm sorry, but it's 10 quid. So let's say you go as a two, so that's 20 quid. And let's say that you're someone that will at least buy a coffee or a bag of popcorn. So let's say you're doing that. So that's another 10 quid. So that's 30 quid plus your parking. So you're spending £35 to go and watch a film. And you're doing that twice a month. You're going to be pretty picky in the summer with a lot of films going, hmm, what am I going to watch? You might not necessarily pick Indiana Jones. You are probably picking Barbie or Oppenheimer. And I'm going for the last couple of weeks that you've also been picked Mission Impossible as your other film. (laughs) Um, But are you going to go and see everything? No, you're going to wait for it to appear on your streaming service. And then you see the studio sit there and go, oh, we've underperformed, we've not done this. Not every film has to be a blockbuster. You could scale back some of this or do some of that or maybe think about how you pay your writers and your actors to get a better product to then 
boosted up. So then the advertising speaks for itself. Um, but you can do that and you can make a good film and then it will get word of mouth and people go and see it. Mission, um, Top Gun Maverick last year was deemed to fail. And it took over $1.2 billion. No one expected that at all. And it just romped its way home. And it got into the best picture category at the Oscars because of it. Which is phenomenal. Um, but not every film has to make a billion dollars. If a Marvel film makes less than $600 million, it's deemed a failure. Which is ridiculous. I mean, no offence, Ant-Man and a Wasp. Wasted time, completely. Especially now, after everything that's happened. Um, which, you know, don't like to comment about until we know all the facts. Um, but, yeah. You do not have, not every film has to be an event. As someone that is sitting here and is busy looking at what's still to come this year. There's some indie films on here that I'm going to have to go and see. But, but it is mainly the bigger films. And this is a problem. As someone that, like, this year, writing my wish list and hit list for the year was pretty easy. Because there was a lot of films due to the pandemic um, that were coming out late. Or had been made during the pandemic to then be like, oh, okay, we're doing this or we're doing that. And... It's just saturated. This year is saturated. And we, I will sometimes sit here and go like, oh, there's been three films that have made over a million pounds this week. Yay, well, who? But who then is going to see a good person? No, that's put on a random streaming service that I'm never going to own and never find because I'm going to miss it. It's ridiculous. I really want to watch that film. I'm going to have to wait till Christmas when I get my um, voucher to get my um, film bits through that one streaming thing. But am I going to want to do that when I've got June Part 2 and Wonka to come? We've not, this is how mad this week is. We're not even going to talk about Wonka trailer. <laughs> That's insane. We might do it next week. Um, but, you know, I'm sitting here. I'm looking at what's still to come and what there is in the cinema. And people do just moan that, oh, this film only made 300 million. A couple of years ago, like I'd say probably about 10 years ago, if a film made... $350 million at the global box office, it would be deemed a hit. And everyone would be sitting there going, oh, what a film. Oh, brilliant. You know, well done on that movie. But now, Indiana Jones makes $350 million just in America and another 200 300 million in the rest of the world. And it seems, ah, no, that's bad. No, that's a flop. What the hell? But that's the world that it's created. It's also a world that's been created by itself. Because the year before, two years before the pandemic, we had Endgame and Infinity War and the end of Star Wars. And we had um, classic Disney remakes. Plus we had Frozen 2. We had that sixth Mission Impossible film. But we had a lot of really good action blockbuster movies and everyone then just assumed that you know what we're going to make all of these films they all put it in their diaries they all said we're going to do this we're all going to do that and, da, 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 da. and now it's just saturated and there's too much going on and films are just not making enough money because no one's got any money because people are on strike because they've got principles um and they can't afford to go to the cinema and therefore, streaming services win. And therefore, streaming services don't pay their staff properly. And therefore, they go on strike. And therefore, the rest of us don't get content. <sighs> so, in all in all, good wink from people going on strike. 
bad that they've gone on strike so not earning any money but good on them for doing it studios need to get their acts together to work out what is a decent wage for people um this will also if you are someone that has had their production stopped in the last week and a half for whatever reason you're stuffed because all the films that are currently in production at the moment um are either going to be from disney or marvel or something like that for a big studio thing or are likely to be films that should be at the 2025 um oscars like gladiator um so it's going to have a huge effect on award season come forward because is, then is it going to be shoddy products and our CGI and visual effects people and editing people not going to do this? Um, Christopher Nolan um, obviously didn't go on strikes. He's a director but and he's been promoting his directing but he has frankly given an interview to the BBC um, this weekend going, when everyone's on strike, I'm not writing. I'm promoting this film because my, my everyone else has now gone on the strike. I'm the only one left to promote it. Um, but once that is done, I will go to the movies and I will watch movies. Um, and I will support my fellow actors and writers by not picking up a pen and not approaching anyone for ideas because I'm not allowed to. Good on him. Very good on him. <sighs> That was not meant to go on for nearly 20 minutes. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it needs to be talked about. Um, and it needs to be talked about sensibly. And I hope we can come to some sort of... Arra- everyone can come to a sort of arrangement. And I hope that the writers get their fair pay. And that they can even keep writing. Because without... As I said at the start. Without a writer, you do not have a story. Without a story, you cannot sell it to an actor to then perform it. Without performing it, you do not have a product. And without a product, you have no streaming service or no company and no money. That's that's what it is. And with no money, you can't even make a flop. (laughs) So please pay your writers and your actors. You know which ones I'm talking about for correct money. And stop being greedy with films being a flop when actually five, ten years ago they would have not been. That's all I have to say. I hope everyone gets it all sorted out. And we can go back to having some films being created and people doing what they love. Because at the moment, everything's just sat there. And guess what? It's costing everyone money. And guess what? Then it'll make more things a flop. Yeah. Considering this time last year we were sitting there busy going, ah, the state of cinema is alive and well, thanks to Top Gun Maverick. We're now all sitting there going, oh God, it's going to die again, isn't it? And as a movie fan, I don't want that. I want my content. I want everyone to be paid fairly. I want to enjoy what I watch. I don't want it to feel like it's been rushed at the end of Act 3. Pay your people correctly. Please, Hollywood, I beg you. It's time to look at what you've all been watching for the last fortnight. Yes, it is. Let's start off with your home chart, shall we? For the week of the 5th of July, 5th to the 11th, um, number one was Avatar Way of Water. Mm-hmm. Two was Fast and Furious X. Three was John Wick Chapter 4. 
Four was Super Mario Brothers. Five was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Six was The Pope's Exorcist. Seven was June, due to the trailer coming out. Eight was Titanic. Think we all know why. Nine was Top Gun Maverick. And ten was 65. Um, I'm just having a look to see if anything else was new in that week. I don't think there was. The Locksmith, that was new. No idea what that is about. Although it's got um, the guy, it's got Luther from Mission Impossible in. Um, all quite on the Western Front. I had a release that week on an actual um, physical copy, which is interesting. Because I don't think you could do that. So that is very interesting to know. For the week of the 12th to the 18th, um, number one, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Happy days. Didn't actually realise that. Gonna have to get that. <laughs> Didn't know that was out. Oh, well. I need to sort out my DVD shelves. I really do. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, that's the case there. Number two, um, new entry, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Happy days. I'm glad that's done so well. Good on it. Number three was Avatar Way of Water. Four was Fast X. Five was John Wick Chapter 3. Six was Super Mario Bros. Seven was Into the Spider-Verse. Eight, still hanging on in there because you're all still loving it. Top Gun Maverick. Nine was June. And ten was The Pope's Exorcist. Just having a quick look. <coughs> to see what else had gone on. Um Titanic dropped to thirteen. Um but no, there was nothing else new. Sixty five was the film that dropped off the furthest um to seventeen that week. But it's been in the chart for about ten weeks now, so I'm glad that it is still just hanging about casually, which is nice to know. Um then we get to um the films that you've been watching in the cinema. So, for the week of the 30th of June to the 2nd of July, Indiana Jones was top of the box office and it took 7.144 million. Happy days. Two was Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, still taking above a million, taking 1.5 for its fifth week. Um, six, um, three was Ruby Gillum Teenage Kraken, which took 885. Um, Little Mermaid was to, uh, was at four, and that took eight hundred thirty-seven. Asteroid City was at five, taking seven hundred ninety-nine thousand. No hard feelings was at six, taking six hundred thirty-two thousand. The Flash took six hundred nineteen thousand at seven. Rise of the Beast Transformers took five hundred ten thousand at eight. Carry on, Jatter three took two hundred thirty-one thousand at nine, and I'm gonna mispronounce this. Sati Paramaki Kappa took 113,000 at 10. Guardians of the Galaxy still hanging on in there at number 11, taking 86,000. Um, and so was Greatest Days at 15, uh, taking 53,000. That is very interesting to see that Indy did take the entire market entirely that week. Um, the only thing that got any close was... Um, Across the Spider-Verse. Also, interesting to see that um, the Teenage Kraken didn't actually break the million because everyone said that, that was going to be the thing that went up against Elemental um, and was the animation battle of the summer, um, which then came out the following week. And Elemental topped the chart that week just. Elemental, on its opening week, and <laughs> I always forget why I, I have a question. Um, to the box office people. Why do you only take the money from the weekends? As someone that has bought my cinema ticket in advance, does my ticket even cover some of the money? Because 
I'm guessing it does, because I'm guessing the algorithm goes, ah, tickets been purchased, that's about amount of money. But, you know, does it actually work? I'm not sure. Hmm. Well, I need to actually ask someone. I'm going to do that. I will do this on Wednesday, and I might get back to you with an answer next week. <laughs> um, so, yeah, for the week of the 7th to the 9th of July, Elemental was at number one. That took £3,049,002. Indiana Jones was at two, and that took 3,046,227. It's not much of a gap there. Insidious Red Door, which was this week's other new entry, which is a horror film and is part of a huge franchise, took 2.2 million at three. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse took 964,004. The Little Mermaid took 490,004. Five Asteroid City took four sixty at six. No hard feelings took three hundred forty eight at seven. Uh, Ruby Gillum Teenage Kraken took two hundred ninety six thousand at eight. Rise of the Beast Transformers took two hundred eighty four thousand at nine. And the Flash finishes off the top ten, taking two hundred forty one thousand. It's interesting that the Flash is still just hanging on in there. It's very interesting to see if that's the case. But no, that was very saying Indy did have a big drop which we all expected um by 57 percent but it's still uh curl up was very elemental only needed a few extra people to go and see it and suddenly it would have been oh okay yeah so that is what you've been watching at box office indian jones elementals spider-man um and then for your home streaming obviously um avatar um, Guardians of the Galaxy, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, John Wick, and a bit of Top Gun Mavericks still. I am loving that Top Gun Mavericks, just not leaving anywhere. It's just like, no, we're here, we're staying, we ain't worried. I ain't worried about it right now. Yeah, that's what's going on. So, yeah, you've all done your good share of viewing, people. Well done, I am impressed. Keep it up. It is time for this fortnight's big review. And it is the film that was number two on the hit list for the year, the watch list. Mission Impossible 7, Day of Reckoning, part one. Ooh, every other year, this would have been probably, since I watched Mission Impossible 6, Fallout, this probably would have been number one top pick. Absolutely. But, you know, when there's a Nolan film on your list and a Nolan film's coming out, Everything else is going to drop down a little bit. So, yeah, it's time to chat about Mission Impossible. I didn't go and see it opening day. I have plans to see it on Tuesday. Um, And then Tuesday, my cinema um, cancelled all but their um, Screen X viewings of it. And I was like, oh, damn it. And they were all at weird times, which I couldn't get to. And I was just like, oh, okay. And I had plans on Wednesday. So I was like, okay, so it's got to be Thursday. So I went on Thursday and um, I went to what was the subtitle screening of it. And once the um, actual first opening 20 minutes happened and then it started doing a da 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 it lost the screen titles and the subtitles. I was like, hang on, what? What's going on here? Where's the... I was a bit like, hmm, okay, I have asked Cineworld why this was the case. They've not got back to me. It didn't affect me because um, it just happened to be that that was the timed film that I wanted to go and see. But it was weird, um, especially if you're someone that bought that screening for sub, a subtitle viewing. And then um, about 30 minutes in, it stops. 
That is very odd. It was so good. That film is... ah, And it is clearly a part one. And there is clearly a point where they could have left it at a cliffhanger. Literally. You've seen the trailer. You know what happens. Um, But if you want to watch it as a one-off on its own, it works. Um, At no point do you sit there and go, oh, no, they've not done this. And oh, point. It reaches a natural end, this story. But you know that there will be a part two and that it can literally pick off from the point where they're standing there because going, ah. the next thing will be like, right, now what? What does that mean? <laughs> um, there were a few surprises that happened throughout it, um, especially um, that uh, meeting um, at the start, which had basically every single person that you sit there and go like, I know them from that thing. They're good. Oh, my God, they're in this. It's like Tom Cruise over the last five years has watched a load of TV during all the lockdowns and has gone, I want blah, 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 blah in my film, please, because I really like their acting, but I just need them to spout exposition. And that was really cool. I liked that. Um, The airport was properly clever. Um, I liked the um, concept um, whether, I guess, most of my questions about the concept and how it's going to happen and how certain things are known, um, are going to be answered in part two. I, if they don't answer that, because normally Mission Impossible is really good at tying things off together, because, you know, there's a very small part in Mission Impossible Fallout, which if you've not seen, um, my bad. And also I've probably just talked about it earlier on in the episode, so, you know, um, but there is a part in uh, Fallout where in the very beginning there's a very small throwaway line about something to do with smallpox. And then when we get to Act 3, Ethan sits there and goes, it's all to do with smallpox. And go, oh, okay. So there are a few little bits within this where I know that come halfway through Act 2 in the second film, we will be shown something or talked about something and go, ah, oh, that makes sense. And it will, because it will have been something that they mentioned ages ago. And it will be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Mission Day of Reckoning is going to be worth a watch when the next one comes out. Definitely, like the week before. Because all the little bits that you would normally just pick up within the same film, because it's all one entity, are going to be in there. Um, I like that the team is still there. Um, Hayley Atwell is a brilliant addition. Vanessa Kirby got to do a lot more. That was pretty funny and cool. Um, the train sequences, all of the bits to do with the train sequences are clever. It's also so good to show how far that has come from the original in 1997 when we did this and they did that. It was like, oh, okay, yeah, I can see why you're doing that. Um, so that was interesting to see, um, how that's gone from that being CGI and being this to Tom Cruise hanging off the back of a train <laughs> for quite a long time. So that was good. Um, I love how loyalty is tested within it. Um, the Everyone's loving a bit of Rome at the moment. Obviously, Rome is a good place to film your chases. Absolutely. Because um, there was points when they were chasing, and I was just like, I've just seen Vin Diesel drive down these streets in different cars and it defy the laws of logic, but Tom Cruise is driving down it and he's actually abiding them and then crashing through something. So that made sense. Um, I... Also, uh, I loved that 
he does run away from things. And when he runs away from things, Tom Cruise in this film's film runs away from things. It is full on. Yeah, I've just done that <laughs> in my lounge. But you know full well. When I say Tom Cruise runs away, you know exactly what I mean. He's running and there's some bits and you're like looking at some shots and you're like, in 10 years time, people will call out that shot and go, that's the shot. That's cool. Um, I also like the fact that in Act 3, he's in it for... He's really important to it. But most of his issue is the fact that he's not actually in Act 3 because he's trying to get to Act 3. That is clever. Because you're sitting there and going, like, come on, come on, come on. He's sitting there going, nope, yep, there, there. Um, and it's one hell of a MacGuffin hunt. If you know about MacGuffins, you should know about MacGuffins. You're here. You're listening to me. Um, we've talked about MacGuffins before. I'm pretty sure we have. If we haven't, we'll do another episode. We don't have time this week. Um, but it's one hell of a MacGuffin hunt. And there's multiple layers to the different MacGuffin hunts. And there's all sorts of stuff going down. And I think you have to judge this Mission Impossible film as a standalone and as a part of the whole thing and as a part of the fact that it is two, a two-part finale. Um, in terms of Mission Impossible films, it is bloody good and it deserves its place in some of the coolest action films made this century, absolutely. Um, in terms of Mission Impossible franchise as a whole, it is pretty darn good you sit there and go yep i understand this yes i can see why that's come from yeah i can see why we've done that this is linked to this one that's done with this that makes sense however we do not have an ending because this is part one of two and it's a bit like oh i need to know i want to know what's going to happen next and we're going to have to wait at least a year before we get our answers to this um if not more um which we've already discussed um but i don't think you can firmly judge it as a whole story because it's not complete it is a complete story in the fact that it didn't make us sit there going like why did you end at this point tom um but we need we need the rest i need our questions answers that's the only reason i've not given it five stars because <laughs> um, I was sitting there, there was nothing wrong with this film at all. But the only reason it's not got five stars for me is because I have so many questions that still need answering. And they will come in Day of Reckoning because they love tying it off. And I can see as a whole thing, I can see where they would have stopped the cliffhanger and they would have done this, but we need all the answers. And for that reason, I can't give it five stars. And that breaks my heart and i know i've sat here this year and been like oh well, this film's still got this to go and that's got this and blah, 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 but i need to know more i really do and without knowing that i can't firmly sit here and go like this is one of the coolest things in the world this is uh, it is bloody cool and i did have one hell of a time and i did sit that points in the back of my chair pushing back down like oh god no 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 oh but <sighs> no it was good it was very, very, very good. Cheers, Tom. I choose to accept that there will be a part two at some point. That is my review of Mission Impossible 7 Day of Reckoning Part 1. <sighs> yeah, that was fun. <laughs>
that is that for this fortnight's episode thank you all so much for listening as always it's really appreciated that you sit here and you give up your time to listening to the ramblings of a mad woman we are back next week we are back next week and we are going to do that because next friday is barbenheimer next friday at 6 p.m i sit in the cinema and wait for 25 minutes worth of adverts before i have three hours and 11 seconds of oppenheimer my number one pick of the year for um my hit list for the year and i don't want to wait for two weeks for you to hear me talk about that so we will be back on the 26th of july we will then go back to fortnightly after that unless something crops up so for the next week Look after yourselves, be good to one another, and the rest will take care of itself. And you can find me at popcornforone.co.uk and popcorn underscore four underscore one on Twitter, threads, Instagram, and Letterboxd. But I will see you all in one week's time. And I love you all, and you all need to take care. See you, peoples. Bye.